0: God sent his son They called him Jesus He came to love Heal and forgive He lived and died to buy Shall we pray? Father in the name of Jesus We thank you for life we thank you for not giving up on us. We thank you for angelic assistance. We thank you that you love us, that you choose us, that you prefer us. We thank you that every day you speak to us through your word and through your spirit. We thank you that we can call you our Father. And most importantly, we thank you that you call us your children. We pray. And may Christ alone be exalted in our discussion tonight. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Father, we thank God for another 24 hours for us to work the works of him who has called us while we are in the day season of our lives because we are not ignorant of the truth. But the night season of our life is coming. We will not be able to add on to what we have done. We are believing God for grace, not just to do the work, but to accomplish it. Because an unaccomplished work is an unusable work. I don't think if somebody of us goes to an artist to paint a picture of us and the person brings us a half-painted picture, we can use it and put it in our office or in our hall. So even though the artist has done the work, he has not completed the work. And God has not just called us to do the work, but we must complete it. You know, there's an adage in tree in that the translation means um, people come to do some, but not to do everything. Mostly it is said when there's a change of leadership in an organization or in a church setting. So we say, So human being came to do some, <laughs> but it has not it hasn't done everything. In every context, it is true. You can't do all, but you must do all that God has for you to do. And we are believing God that even the every week as he speaks to us through this podcast, we'll be arming ourselves with the right mindset, to complete this work. And we have been looking at what we title All the Atheram Pathem. That simply says, listen to the other side before judging. Because there are so many unexplained things going on, especially painful scenarios. That gives us the notion that God is not on top of his game. And we have been taking a journey to look at the thing that we do. You know, and this is by no means trying to give an explanation to all the happenings that occurs. You know, sometimes when you are a young Christian and let's say somebody dies or something unfortunate happens, we always try to explain it. Oh, maybe the person backslided or the person did not pray. I am listening to one spiritual instructor who was saying that when they started the ministry and a Christian dies, they will always be like, Oh, maybe this guy was not Titan, so they're devourer or this guy back until one of them lost their wife at a very young age in marriage that they go to realize actually <laughs> the mystery of god's will is actually a mystery so we are not trying to give an explanation for everything that's happening but we are saying that there are things we do that overrides the destination that god has for us and we looked at starting from the man king Saul how come a man with a beautiful destiny at his death david had to lament and say how has the mighty fallen so we want to listen to the other side god's side for why some people's life end up the way they are and the first one we looked at was jealousy and i i'm just believing god that we are taking his word as seriously as it is jealousy opens you up for demonic invention and we clearly saw it in scripture immediately saul had a jealous eye on david the next verse says and an evil spirit came rushed on saul and tormented saul and the man who was the king the first king ended up seeing a witch at the end of his life and died as do he was not anointed then we looked at the next thing that destroys that short circuits the destiny that God has for us. And that was idolatry. Not being able to give back to God what He gives to you. And we zeroed in on the main idol that hinders every one of us that have the potential to hinder every one of us. And that is the idol of man. I don't think there's somebody who is above this idol <laughs> and we simply learned that when jesus said that you cannot serve two masters the only thing that was put on a similar pedestal as god was money it was simply saying that the way god controls people controlling quotation marks is the same way money controls people so in terms of influence money is on the same level as God in terms of influencing people. Dis- and my favorite people, not favorite in a good sense, were the soldiers are at the tomb of Jesus. And last week, we looked at it. How can you witness the resurrection? And you choose to lie about it because of money. When I saw that scripture, I never really prayed. I remember I said that during Easter, I noticed it, that the Bible said that they were struck with awe and they froze. When the angel descended, like, they literally froze to death but these same people when they were offered money they took their money and they told a lie how can you experience this thing and still choose tell a lie that's what money can do and one thing about money is that the love for money is not just the root of evil but it also leads to what we call greed <laughs> And maybe one day in fact it was initially one of the things we we're going to discuss as well the things that we can do to mess up our life greed but greed and money they are twins and you see people like ichab in in i think the second battle of the israelites after jericho if i'm either the first or the second when they went to, i think the first fight against the people of Ai, Ar- and god told them that nobody should take anything from them and man ichab took some of the things and one thing that that story teaches us is that what we do does not just affect us because of Achan's decision, the whole family of Achan was destroyed. Is that's one thing I like about the Old Testament, it's just the practicality of the consequence of our action. When you look at the man, Haman, when he plotted against the Jews, it was not just Haman who was destroyed, his family and everybody connected to him, that's the spiritual influence of sin in our lives. Sin does not just destroy you, or stepping outside the will of God does not just destroy you, but it destroys everything connected to you. That's why God, through the agency of his word, is exhorting us every day, every day, to escape these things. When you look at the man here, I'm um, Ahab, the King Ahab, one of the things that Ahab did was to take the vineyard of somebody else, through his wife, Jezebel, because he was greedy. You are the king. You have everything you ever need. But because he wanted, um, I forgot the, name the guy's name, the, the field of a particular man, his wife literally had a man killed. You see the way greed can make you a murderer. And if you notice, in almost all these things, murder is associated with these things. And murder is the one of the two main characteristics of the devil. The Bible calls him the lies and the father of all lies. And in First John, he calls him as the murderer from the beginning. So wherever you see lies and murder, it's a high sign of demonic invasion. Murder and lies is a high indication of demonic invasion. So in a country where there are always a lot of murders, senseless murders, It gives you an idea of the demonic level of that country. In a company, in an organization, in a person's life, where there are lies. You lie as though you are drinking water. It's never a good sign. So if you look at jealousy, there was murder involved. Idolatry, there was murder involved. Greed, there's murder involved. See the way Ahab took the life of somebody because of their vineyard. But tonight you want to look at A very important one. And I think this one, you see, jealousy, even though, of course, the consequence can affect you, but it mostly jeopardizes your life. But there's one that we are coming to look at that has the potential of corrupting everything about the person and corrupting generations after that person. And that's what we want to look at. And we look at the scripture in Hebrews 12, verse 15. And whenever this topic is taught, this almost always the first scripture that is read. And if you are familiar with it, I'm sure you're already getting a hint as to the next thing that we can do to jeopardize the beautiful life God has given to us. And it says, the writer of Hebrews is saying, look diligently. He's saying that be watchful over your life, like be attentive over your life. At least Any man feel of the grace of God. He said that it is very easy to feel of the grace of God. It's very easy not to enjoy the grace of God. It's very easy to come short of the grace of God. And he said, look diligently, examine your heart diligently to see that you are not falling of the grace of God. What can cause you to fall from the grace of God? The next line, list any roots of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby many, you see what I said, many. So bitterness does not just destroy you, it destroys many associated with you. And that's come in almost every country and every world you go through. There are certain tribes, clans, groups that have a bad relationship or a bad blood against another group, all because of bitterness. So maybe some several years ago, somebody from one tribe did something to somebody from another tribe and since then generations after generations they always pass on this idea to the next generation as for this tribe we have nothing to do with them as for this nationality we have nothing to do with them and because of the bitterness somebody harbored bought in his heart years ago people are still fighting battles they have no idea about the root of bitterness and i like what the, the expression i he use He uses the word root and we'll be perusing this thing about bitterness. So let's read this scripture again. Hebrews 12, verse 15. It's a scripture I would love us all to memorize. they looking diligently. lest any man fail of the grace of God. lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you. It says springing up. The seeds of bitterness will be sown. But look out for the root and when we, it, we look at the, the, the expression, the root, not the fruit. So many fruits we see are from the root of bitterness. And it's when we talk about the root, we are talking about the unseen part of the tree, the part that is always underground, the part that is always covered. So many people are bitter but are smiling. Many people are bitter but they are, they are friendly, they are jovial, they are flowing. And we look at examples of these things. How somebody can be flowing with somebody yet the root of bitterness is strong in the person and is troubling the person and it says thereby many be defiled many be defiled and there's a movie that perfectly typifies the the devastating effect of bitterness the movie i think acrimony by tyler perry and there's a story a book um, if I'm correct, The Great Expectation. By um, I've forgotten the the answer. By the book, I think in Ghana, um, most of our secondary schools, we had to read them um, when you were in school as um, literature. I think it was by Charles Charles Dickens. So in the story of The Great Expectation, I've not read the story personally, but from from what I, I heard, beautiful, successful woman who was about to get married and the wedding was slated to take place at least at 9 am and 10 minutes to 9, the lady found out that the husband was not coming for the wedding. The husband has bailed on him. And as you could imagine, the woman was hurt. And it is in the, according to the story I heard from somebody who has read the book, all the clocks in the house, all of them, they were stopped at 10 minutes to 9. So if you go to a bedroom, the clock in the bedroom is 10 minutes to 9, A whole sitting room all of them was 10 minutes to nine and he said that oh, after i think about a year or so the woman in quotes recovered but then fortunately unfortunately she took in a young lady i don't know whether as a house help or something and as you could imagine she polluted this young lady against men so you see what bitterness has done it is defiling many. and by the time you realize this woman died because her house got burnt. so somebody looking back will wonder God, what's happening? How come a beautiful, successful woman, this is the end of the woman? It's because she did not deal with the bitterness in her heart. We need to appreciate the fact that offences are a part of life. They are not just like a part of life. They are not a mind, they are a key component of life. You will be working in an organization for years and sometimes the least of what you expect is not even done for you. You would have given your life to your children as a mother as a father and years after they don't even remember you exist you become a burden to them you become bitter you may give yourself to a church you have been working in your local church and maybe when it was time for you to leave office they did not even recognize it enough to even say a thank you you were just shipped on as do you never so there are a lot of reasons for us to get bitter every aspect of living existence you can become bitter and there are two forms of bitterness i, I would say the reasonable one and the unreasonable one. For example, the reasonable one is you have worked in an organization for 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. And maybe just to find out they were not paying your social security, your salary, for 30 years of your life, or the amount they were supposed to pay, they did not pay. Or you have worked in an organization, or even in a church, I've been worker all your life, helping everybody. Maybe your wedding day, everybody forgot about you. These are reasonable reasons to be bitter. But unfortunately, keeping on to the bitterness is what is the issue. And bitterness always goes with anger and grudges. So let's just take a look at a scripture. Take a look at scriptures to find out two people. we will be looking at one reasonable one and one unreasonable one. But for all of them, their end was the same. So whether there's a legitimate reason to be bitter, or an illegitimate reason to be bitter the end is always the same and god is saying that i have a beautiful life for you and one of the things that can jeopardize this beautiful life is if you don't deal with bitterness so let's start with the unreasonable one and it's an interesting one from no other than the first people to to exist outside the garden of eden if i should say Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel. So in Genesis chapter 4, it goes, and in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought a fruit of the ground and offering unto the Lord. And Abel he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and his offering. But unto Cain and his offering he did not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. Verse 6. And the Lord said to Cain. Why are thou worth? And why is thy countenance falling? If thou doest well, shall thou not be accepted? That's the issue. So this is why it's unreasonable. Cain didn't do the right thing. And God is saying that if you had done the right thing, you would have been accepted. So why are you angry? So this is the unreasonable one. So maybe you were working in a place and you were not doing the work. You are coming to work late. You are doing a shoddy work, always giving excuses, blah, blah, blah. And let's say you were not giving what was in good to you. You have no reason to be offended. Maybe you treated somebody terribly, your married, your wife, or your spouse, you treated the person terribly, and the person has left you. What is your reason to be offended? So God was telling Cain, You did not do what was right. Why are you angry? But listen to what the Lord said, or what God said: if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door, and unto thee it shall be the desire and shall rule over him. And look at what happened. And Cain talked with his Abel, and talked with Abel his brother. And it came to pass, when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel his brother, and slew him. It's very interesting. So you see, we talk about the roots of bitterness. After this incident happened, it was a while, it wasn't the next day. Cain harbored. The fact that God accepted Abel's sacrifice over Cain, he harbored it in his heart. So even though Cain and Abel were always flowing and chatting and laughing, inside Cain's heart was the root of bitterness. And may God give us the discernment to see people who are bitter against us because trust me, by the time we are done, maybe either in this week or next week's episode, we will see that a bitter person, is not somebody you want to associate with because these people will have all these things in their hearts for years. They will be your best man at the wedding, they will be your best friend on that day, but they are just waiting for that opportunity, and that's what Cain did. He said that he spoke to Abel as brother. He said, Abel Charlie, follow me to the field because you know that Abel was a farmer, and Cain was the one that killed the land. So I'm sure one of these days. Cain was looking at Abel and saying, this guy, the way you're going about your business, you are annoying me. So Cain casually told Abel that, today I'm going to farm, let's, let's go. And Cain followed, and just look at the scenario. As Abel was digging and plowing and doing everything, as Abel sorry, was doing all that, Cain was just looking for an opportune time to slay this guy, to kill a person, the first human murder. You see how unreasonable bitterness has made somebody kill his own blood brother and to the extent that when god acts in, he dare give god a cheeky answer is it the way yet again bitterness has made us unresponsive to conscience but let's look at how cain ended his life or a part of cain's life it says that and now thou art cursed from the earth which hath opened up her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand When thou tillest the ground, it shall not yield unto thee her strength. One day somebody is working with Cain and is wondering, why isn't Cain prospering? Every day Cain wakes up in the morning, he goes to the farm. He's always sowing his seeds, always watering. But yet he's reaping little to nothing. A fugitive and a vagabond, thou shalt be on the earth. And Cain said unto the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can bear behold thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth and from the face i shall hide and i shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth and shall come to pass that everyone that findeth me shall slay me Hmm. but look at what God said and the Lord said to him therefore whoever slayeth Cain vengeance shall be on him sevenfold and the Lord set a mark upon Cain lest any finding him should Kill him. Look at the end of somebody's life that would have been very beautiful. An unreasonable reason to be offended. You did not do the right thing, somebody did the right thing, and you're offended. You misbehaved. A lady was li- living for God as best as she could, trying her possible best, and God has. Bless them with a good marriage. You are bitter against the leader. You were in school, always playing the buffoonery, always jumping up through and see. You failed your exam. Somebody passed the exams and the person got a scholarship, got an offer. You are bitter against the person. You do a shoddy work when you get to work. Your colleague is always trying his best to be on time, trying to meet deadlines, trying to add creativity, trying to put in his best. He gets the promotion. You are bitter against the person. Sometimes, especially in our government sectors, You do close to nothing and you expect promotion. When people are promoted then you are bitter against people. You go and see all sorts of people to devise imaginations and machinations and evil things against people. Because you are bitter for an unreasonable reason. But God is saying that look diligently on yourself. And you see, generally speaking, Christians will not find themselves here, generally speaking. Because for a Christian, somebody who is has accepted the lordship of Jesus, you will be quite reasonable. You would understand if the best student in the class gets the scholarship. And sometimes, imagine you are the best student in the class and you don't get the scholarship, you'll be better. And this falls under the reasonable one. It's understandable to be better. But you should not allow bitterness to take hold of you and trouble you. Least you fall short of the grace of God. Least you be defiled and cause many to be defiled this is very important bitterness and for this one i won't want to bother much about it because generally speaking as i said most christians will not find ourselves here but now let's go to the unreasonable one let's go to the reasonable one because many of us have good reasons justifiable reasons why you are harboring anger grudge bitterness against somebody but let's see the end so we saw the end of saul of of he was marked that nobody would even kill him to put an end to his misery. He was going to live a life of perpetual fruitlessness, of perpetual working for close to nothing, because of the bitterness he harbored in his heart. But now let's go, and this is quite an interesting story, and we will read it from the Bible. I'll give you a gist of it. It's about the man in Second Samuel 18. You can read the story from there. following a man called absalom absalom an amazing man a man who was going to be the next in line as the successor of king david a prince of israel a man with a bright future a man who was the third son of king david and in in first samuel 14 verse 25 you could you could take a look at it Absalom was described as the most handsome man in the kingdom. Charlie? (laughs) In fact, the Bible said there was no fault in his countenance. There's a particular rendering. Let's see how the King James puts it. I don't want us to see the the freshness of Absalom. I think 1 Samuel 14, verse 25. 1 Samuel 14, verse 25. Let's see how the The King James um puts it. Second Samuel 14, verse 25. Let's see how the King James describes um Absalom. He says, So in all Israel, there was none to be so much praised as Absalom for his beauty. He's the first guy in human history to be called as beautiful. And listen, it was not another human being who was calling Absalom beauty. God was calling Absalom beautiful. I think Absalom and Lucifer. Or lucia he said he was praised for his beauty look at what the bible says from the sole of his foot even to the crown of his hair, there was no blemish in him oh papa absalom what happened to this man absalom so this was a man that had a sister called tamar and i'm sure now you're waiting to know where the story is from and tamar had so tamar and absalom were Same father, same mother. In fact, the story of David, one day when I become a movie producer, we produce the movie because it's a very fascinating story, starting from Saul. How Saul had to give David um, his daughter with the evil, like it's a dramatic story. It's a very dramatic story. So now this guy called Amnon is a stepbrother to Tamar and Absalom. So same father, different mother. And for some strange reason, this guy had this intense lust. For his stepsister and he was advised by his friend to fix sickness and he ended up reaping his own stepsister i'm sure we are familiar with this story see the drama in king Saul's house in king david's house hmm. that one is a story for another day so amnon comes in and reaps tamar and david heard about it and david was so angry about it but the bible said david did not do anything about it so, Absalom was angry on two fronts. One, he was angry that Amnon had raped his sister, in the way he did. You know, in those days, you could, marry, could have done the right thing and married your sister, your stepsister. But he raped her, and he sacked her out of his house. In fact, after the rape incident, you know, virgins, especially of people of that level, they were supposed to wear a particular dress. But Tamar could not wear that dress again because she was no longer a virgin. And so Absalom was angry at David, at Amnon. And the second thing was that Absalom was angry at his father David for not reacting as Amnon as Absalom wanted. So what happened? The Bible said that two years after the incident, I want you to appreciate the devastating effect of Absalom. The Bible said that for that two years, Absalom never said good nor evil about Amnon. And it's a very important part. And people what always tell people, that... If there were people in your life that will used to correct you or encourage you or have that kind of level of connection with you and all of a sudden they go quiet over your life, it's almost always never a good sign. That's why I said, that God never keep quiet over my life. No matter how many times I mess up, please, you dare at least rebuke me. Because when God stops rebuking you, when God stops talking about your case, then you are not in a good place. So Absalom was not saying, he never said good nor evil against Amnon. So, oh, so when they go for family meetings, you see Amnon, he'll greet him. Hey, bro, what's up? I hope you are cool. That's it. He always tries to have a minimum level of conversation with him. And for two whole years, he was planning his revenge. What did he do? Two whole years, he told his father that he wants to have a party in his house. And he wants to invite David. And all his siblings. But unfortunately, David could not attend. Hmm. I'm sure all that made Absalom angry again. So, Absalom told David that if you cannot return, please insist that all my siblings, boys and girls, they come. And remember, this is two years after. So, everybody has forgotten about the thing. The thing has died down. So, David was like, okay, no problem. So, he gave the instruction that everybody should come for Absalom. Remember, Absalom is the third son. So, he was like another brother to most of David's children. So they come for the party and Absalom gives an instruction that they should intoxicate his brother with more wine. And when they realize that he is fully drunk, they should stop. And he assured them that they are obeying he, the prince, so nothing would happen. And the decision was taken. So the most beautiful man in Israel, the man who was next in line to be the king, is now a murderer because of bitterness and now you see the story has not ended so because of this david was angry at absalom and david banished absalom from the kingdom Hmm. now absalom was banished and he started planning schemes of getting back so he made a woman dressed and deceived david a bit and david finally accepted absalom to come back to the kingdom guess what this guy did against his father bitterness because remember he was angry at David for two reasons that he never spoke concerning Amnon's issue and that when he has acted on what his father did not um, act on he has banished him now this guy comes and this guy does coup d'etat against his own father in fact this is one of the lowest points of David's life as a king he was sacked from his own kingdom by his own son to make things even worse Absalom slept with David's wives in the public, the root of bitterness. The root of bitterness. So you see, Absalom had every reason to be angry. That's why the Bible says, be angry, but send not. In other words, you have the right to be angry, but do not let anger influence you. How come beautiful prince of Israel, is now a murderer is now a, a co specialist he has disarmed his father at the highest level because he was bitter against his father and what was the end of absalom he was shot by an arrow of a guy called joab's arrow and once he was on his horse escaping from Joab, one of the commanders of david he was shot and he was hanging, it he was on his horse back. Then his head was caught in a tree. So he was hanged on the tree, like he was at the back of the horse, but he was shot by an arrow, so he was wounded. Then his head got stuck in a tree. That was the end of a bitter person. But we are not done. There's another guy that I want to reserve for next week, and that guy's own is even worse, because this guy was a spiritual person, and his own will be the end of bitterness. But God wants to encourage you that what bitterness can do in your life, you will be surprised. And you see, God knew that we cannot handle bitterness. That is why he emphatically said, revenge is mine. I will do the revenge. Because when I entrust revenge into your hands, you will always mess it up. So God said that I am not going to ignore the pain your father caused you how your father molested you when you were young. I'm not going to ignore the pain your mom caused you, the neglect of your mom. I'm not going to neglect the pain that company, that boyfriend, that girlfriend, that boss. That I'm, I'm not going to, because the Bible said God cannot be mocked. But God knows that we are not matured enough to deal skillfully with anger and bitterness. So he says, Revenge is mine, says the Lord. Look at the end of Cain; he was a vagabond. Nobody even really want to kill him. Look at the end of the most beautiful man, Absalom. He died hanging on a tree because of bitterness. And we look at the next person. The next person also died in a similar way as Absalom. So that's your Bible quiz, Bible trivia. Go and look for somebody who died in a similar way. Because of bitterness, and that one you would that person will surprise you. That person hint is connected to Absalom. In fact, when I got to know, I was surprised that the reason why the person acted in a particular way was because of a certain bitterness he had kept in his heart for years. So we just like to end tonight's episode or pause on tonight's episode with a scripture in Ephesians 4, verse 31. It's an advice. The Apostle Paul is giving to us, Ephesians 4 verse 31, and he says, Let all bitterness, the underlying word is all, because some of us should be bitter against your, your spouse. You feel like you're the one who is doing too much in the house. You are the one who supports in fees. Maybe you are the lady. You are always taking care of the children, always doing all these things. like You are. You know, as they say, it's always 50-50, but there's no marriage that's 50-50 at all the time. There's always going to be a time where somebody will always do more than somebody because of circumstance. Maybe at a particular time, the husband is in school, so he may not be able to do as much as he wants to do financially. Maybe at a particular time, the wife will travel. Those things always happen. So it's never 50 50 all the time. Some of you may feel hurt. Some parents may feel hurt that you have taken care of their children, given, sacrificed everything for their child. And that child has grown up to become an ungrateful person. Sometimes some who become so possessive of their children, they now hate their in-laws. That's why many marriages have had issues because of in-laws, because some people just feel like the other person that's not there. And especially when you come to Ghana, you come to Ghana tribalism. Many of the issues we have against tribes is because of bitterness. Somebody was hurt by somebody who's an Ashanti, an Akana, a an Ewe and because of that from generations after that person they want to have nothing to do with ashantis or gas or errors or nothingness nothing because of bitterness and god is saying through paul let all bitterness be put away from you with all malice i'm paraphrasing but the verse is let all bitterness wrath anger clamor and evil speakings Let all of them be put away with malice. Because wherever there's bitterness, there's wrath, there's anger, there's clamor, and there's evil speakings. And please encourage you, let all bitterness. You may be bitter against your mother because she saw your father raping you and she did nothing about it. Some of you may be bitter because they gave you up to child marriage, to people they knew that they were not right for you. Some of you are not being treated well by your companies, by your organizations. Some of you by the church, and you are harboring bitterness. God is saying that look diligently, lest the root of bitterness grow up from among you, causing trouble and defiling many. Many of us are bitter against a particular church. I know a reality that was in a particular church, and she was the steward or the secretary or something for that church for years and I think a new pastor came in and a new pastor did not appreciate her as he would have wanted, you know as we always say a Pharaoh arose that did not know Joseph and because of this, this lady is so bitter against the church and this lady warned all her children and her children's children's children that we never attend this church because she was bitter against them as i said some of our bitterness are legitimate because it is not we are treated unfairly but god is saying revenge is mine revenge is mine because in your attempts to deal with the bitterness you will end up finding yourself hanged on a tree and that's why many people have beautiful lives before them but they will mess it up because they will not deal with bitterness so tonight, God is saying, "Set your heart. You know, one time, God spoke to me that, when I was there, I said, oh, me, I'm a forgiving person. But God told me that, haven't you noticed that you forgive when people offend you big? <laughs> like when you when you, say you steal my money, I can easily forget, for, for not easily, but as compared to what they're coming to say. So I noticed that for me, for example, when you do something severe to me, I easily let it go. But the small things I can't let go. <laughs> so let's say you come and steal my bank account. I will forgive you my let's say all the money in my account. Let's say I'll forgive you. you no, know? let's say I hope to be to forgive you. But let's say you come and take my 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 drink or my water, it will pain me than that. And God was like, you relatively forgive the big issues, but there are little, little issues hiding your heart. If somebody did not return your call, somebody did not appreciate you the way you wanted, it, it's a little thing. And because of that, psalm you are harboring bitterness. I don't know what it is, but God is saying, Set your heart. You may be bitter against your parents because you think they did not give you the life you deserved. You may be bitter against, in fact, every reason, every form of association and relationship has the potential to cause bitterness. But God is saying, Set your heart and deal with the bitterness because an undealt bitterness will lead. To your downfall your life is worth more than the offense that was caused and you see don't always look at it in people offending you you also offend people and god said that if you want people to forgive you you must also forgive so tonight we just want to have a reflective moment as you set your heart what are you hiding in your heart for some of us maybe it was a fair colored guy i know ladies I know we were given HIV AIDS by people. And because of that, they say that they are going to spread the virus to as many people as possible. And God is saying, "Set your heart. If you don't deal with bitterness, you become a king. You become an absorption. Father, in the name of Jesus, may this never be our story. Father, reveal to us the things that we are harboring. The pain that, that is still in us that we may not even be conscious of it on a daily basis. But they are greatly influencing us. But I reveal to us, Lord, the bitterness we are hiding in our hearts. The reasonable ones and the unreasonable ones. Some of you had a friend that duped you, that borrowed money from you and has run away. You have people that have invested friendship into and they treated you badly. You had people you were there for and on your wedding day or on that special occasion, they build out on you. And ever since you're just waiting for an opportune time, listen, you will definitely get an opportune time to pay the person work. But God is saying, let go of bitterness. Father, help us. Give us the grace to let go of bitterness, At least we be destroyed. Thank you for speaking to our hearts. Thank you for convicting us. Thank you for exposing us to ourselves. And Father, please help us to deal with bitterness. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Wow. We thank God for this sober time in this presence. Because all of us, maybe tomorrow, or maybe this week, there's a bitter pill coming your way. And God is forearming you against us, for forewarning you against us. But next week we look at one more person that surprised me when i found out that the, i was always wondering why was this guy because this guy was described <laughs> you know, in the day, i'm you one or to him okay. and you look at a spiritual person and you look at the end and i never noticed i never knew why this guy ended up living, until i did a little dive into his past and I realized that he was covering something against us, And according to this, may this never be a story. Thank you for being with us for three years. And you watch diligently what you say. That you continually give God your best. And you all know my nothing but love. See you next week. And bye bye.